brought to you by Mystic Lubricants, developed in real-world conditions for real-world work. Mystic products are specially formulated to meet your demands. Mystic Lubricants, ride with us. For a look at their full range of top-quality products, visit mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K-Lubes.com. Hey folks, welcome to the Machine Repeat Podcast, episode number 54. I hope as we approach Thanksgiving here, you folks all have a wonderful holiday with friends and family. And um, again, as the name implies, remember to be thankful for all of our blessings in life. Uh, Every day is a gift and a blessing. It's easy to forget that as we hurdle through our lives here, but uh, I really appreciate you folks taking time to give us a listen here on the podcast. And again, this is episode 54. Gosh, it doesn't seem like the first one uh, was almost three and a half years ago back on, I think it posted July 19th of 2019. And it's been really fun, um, the variety of conversations over the three plus years. And today's show, we've got a really fun conversation um, with a gentleman from South Dakota, uh, Troy Hadrick, one of the owners of North Prairie Butchery out of Falkton, South Dakota. I happened to be on Twitter last week and perusing through the stream of posts and happened to see we had a new follower, uh, North Prairie Butchery, and I was sort of intrigued and clicked through to their uh, Twitter home and information and was like, wow, this is pretty cool. They uh, were recently awarded or received a $2.2 million grant under the Meat and Poultry Processing Expansion Program, um, part of the, I believe, part of the American Rescue Plan enacted back in the spring of 21, investing in rural America. And um, yeah, so in Little Falkton, South Dakota, population around 800 or so, um, Troy is leading up this effort to uh, put up this... uh, this USDA-inspected USD beef, pork, and bison processing plant, uh, North Prairie Butchery. And I was just really curious to hear the story and how this all came together. And Troy and his family, their background, raising cattle there in uh, kind of northeast, north central, south Dakota. And I'm kind of a western central Minnesota boy. Grew up out there. Uh, so we're always neighbors to our friends in eastern South Dakota. Good people. Really good people. And a fascinating story. Uh, Troy talks about, you know, working with uh, selling direct, selling their beef, high quality grade beef uh, direct to customers. And then, of course, the pandemic, uh, losing processing capacity and then uh, trying to rectify it and try to make a difference. So let's go to that conversation now with Troy Hadrick of North Prairie Butchery, Falkton, South Dakota. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Hey folks, pleased to be joined by our guest, Troy Hadrick. Troy is one of the owners of North Prairie Butchery in Falkton, South Dakota. Hey Troy, thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah, we're happy to be sharing our story with you. Well, I I happened to catch on Twitter, um, a Twitter post you guys had. You did, had done an interview, it was maybe a radio interview or something, announcing some really big news um, that you guys had received a grant 
to build out a beef pork uh, bison processing plant there in, in Falkton, South Dakota. So um, can you tell us a little bit, give us a, give us the quick overview on the project, Troy? Yeah, so uh, my wife and, and our family, uh, my two cousins and I, we farm and ranch here west of Falkton, South Dakota. And um, with our cattle herd, you know, the emphasis on our cattle herd has really been over the last uh, 10, 15 years is to really try to improve the carcass genetics and that end eating experience and, and trying to capture those premiums um, mm. for cattle that grade well. And so um, we started down that pass over years ago and, and it worked really well. We were able to, to make some changes that had a, a, a nice impact on the, on that end eating experience and the premiums we we're getting um, by grading certified Angus beef and prime and, mm. And, uh, you know, that had been going along pretty well and, and things had kind of working like we thought they should work and the progress we've been making. And then, and, you know, as we all know, the last few years, all of a sudden things get a little sticky um, at the packing plants and right. um, had some troubles getting cattle harvested when they're supposed to be over the last few years. And just a lot of frustration that way and, and the you know, the issues that COVID caused. And, and it just after, you know, we sort of went through two or three occasions of um you know where things weren't working like they should it was like you know after a while it's like we what can we do to solve this problem and it started to come to us that well the solution for us is to to continue to build on the direct marketing uh of beef that we had started here locally and uh, how do we grow that business and really the only way for us to grow that business was to was to build a, a new locker plant in our area um, that could handle more volume. And so that was kind of really where it started. And, and uh, we started, I guess it was in the summer of 2021, okay. um, starting to draw out some plans and figure out what it would take to make that happen. And the nuts and bolts of the grant you guys just received, Troy, again, it was uh, through the meat and poultry processing expansion program, uh, $2.2 million you guys received on the grant. Yeah, so that grant would pay uh, 20% of the cost of a project uh, mm. if you're awarded that. And so um, that was uh, that was quite a process for that grant. Um, our oh, grant yeah. application ended up being 441 pages long. <laughs> um, it was a lot of information and detail that you needed to put in there. And uh, we were pretty excited to... Um, to you know, go after that. And, and we had fortunately, you know, with a little bit of luck, we had had a lot of the information already kind of put together um, yeah. for what that grant was asking. And so we uh, were able to compile that and, um, you know, as luck would have it, we were able to get that grant. So, and it was, uh, you know, it wasn't like we won a raffle. I think uh, there was a lot of hard work and, and effort oh, went right. into to us to be successful there because they had, uh, we were told there was 317 applications Wow. Uh, for the program that was asking for a total of $2.4 billion. Wow. And uh, they ended up awarding 21 of those grants to the tune of 70 some million. So um, I think that just kind of goes to show that we haven't, you know, just tried to figure out how to do this on the back of a napkin. We've, right. uh, we've put quite a bit of thought and effort into it. And it was nice that the, you know, the, the industry experts and the academics and, and all those folks that reviewed all those applications could could see that in what we put together. And I think that's a pretty big vote of confidence for what we've uh, what we're looking to build here. Absolutely. Uh, that's, hats off to what you guys have accomplished there to uh, plow through that process. And, and folks, uh, 
go to their website. It's northprairiebutchery.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. Um, now, Troy, do you think you're, you were, you mentioned briefly there that your operation had begun selling direct even back before the pandemic. Do you think that experience and how you were able to infuse the grant with that experience, did that, you think, help in your Oh, process? it absolutely did. Um, because, you know, we'd started, you know, like a lot of people do, you know, you, you sell a little beef to some friends and family and then... Sure. Um, during the, during the pandemic, we were able to, to build a relationship with a, a restaurant group down Sioux Falls that has three restaurants down there. And it's, mm. uh, Maury's Steakhouse and Minerva's, the original Minerva's in Sioux Falls mm. and Grill 26. And, and, and those guys had a, a lot of frustration, um, just like we did, except their frustration started out the back door of the packing plant and ours was trying to get in the front door and, and, you know, as we were started to talk, it was like, okay, well, what can we do to, you know, cut out that middleman and, and let's figure out how we can all just kind of work together more locally. And, and so, you know, probably one of the, the smartest things that I ever heard as we were working on this was that, you know, we were told that you should never, you know, build a locker plant or a packing plant because you have cattle. You should, you should build one because you have a market for beef. Mm. And we had we had had this relationship, you know, with, with our restaurant group and, and they wanted to grow and we wanted to grow. And, and the only way we could do that was to, you know, look at constructing something new. And so hmm. when we were able to include that in our application that, Hey, look, we've, you know, we've, we've got the, the people in place. We've got the cattle, we've got the, the, the restaurants, we've, we've got the feed yards, we've got all these folks, um, you know, our, our local leaders and, and whatnot. And we're all sitting here saying, Hey, we need this in this area. And I think that, uh, that added a, a, a real complete picture, um, to our application. And uh -huh. I can't help to think that that didn't, uh, make a big difference. Yeah. I bet you all, and even extended further. I mean, you have the end user consumer on board with uh, happily ordering that wonderful steak at Maury's in Sioux Falls or, um, the other places. I mean, uh, uh, now let's describe for people who aren't native to the you know the five state area. Falkton is would it be fair to say northeast South Dakota, a little southwest of Aberdeen? Yeah, northeast, north central. Um, okay. Yeah, we're you know we're about uh, fifty miles east of the Missouri River and about sixty miles south of the North Dakota border. So okay. we're we're kind of on that maybe that line between northeast and north central, if you will. Right. Um, How far from uh, Sioux know, Falls? We, we actually kind of sit on a nice little. Uh, uh, highway right here, which is where we're going to build our, our locker plant, and it's Highway 212, and that runs from Minneapolis all the way to Yellowstone National Park. So uh, gets a nice bit of traffic in the summer, especially with tourists and campers and fishermen and whatnot, and so it, uh, we're kind of looking forward to showing it off along the highway up here. You bet. I, I know 212 well growing up in west-central Minnesota. Get down to Olivia and Bird Island and Cosmos. And, yeah, yep. just keep, keep heading west your way. That's all good. But then how far are you guys from Sioux Falls then? Uh, oh, uh, from Sioux Falls, about 220 miles, 225 down to Sioux Falls. Okay. Um, we're actually a little closer to Bismarck than we are Sioux Falls. Okay. So we do kind of sit here in the middle, you know, a little bit from, from a lot of big towns. We're, uh, you know, and then like Fargo and Rapid City, we're about halfway between those two. It's about 240 or so miles to either, right. either one of those towns. So. Um, we're a little ways away from one of the bigger cities, but, um, you know, it was, 
I guess that was always the thing, you know, when we were talking and thinking about direct beef sales, it's, you know, we don't have enough people around here. If everybody was, you know, every cattle guy around our area wanted to sell directly, we'd, we'd have a lot more beef than we got people. And yeah. so, you know, it starts to make sense to start to find, um, you know, some of these bigger communities in our state that we could start to find folks to partner with there. Right. And the plant uh, that you're looking to, um, and I, again, correct me if I'm wrong on the dates here, Troy, but did, look, did I read that you're scheduled to start construction this coming spring of 23 and, and hopefully begin processing? Is it up to 25 head per day spring of 24? Yep, that'd be right. Yeah. So, you know, there's still, we're still trying to put some of the pieces together, but if it all sort of comes together, like we're hoping, um, yeah, it'd be next spring of 23 here that we'd be starting construction and, and, uh, hopefully by spring of 24, we'd, uh, we'd be, have the doors open and get started. So, okay. and it's, you know, we'll have the capacity to do 25 head per day. We're on day one. We're not going to do 25 head. Sure. Um, you know, we're going to start off with a smaller staff and, and do some smaller numbers at the beginning and we're going to get our feet underneath of us and, and, uh, you know, get started and, and, uh, but yeah, we'd have the ability to get up to 25 head a day as we, you know, find the labor to help and the, make sure we got enough, uh, market to handle all that beef. Um, we'd be federally inspected. Um, our goal is to do as much custom harvesting as, as people demand, uh, we have all the packaging and labeling equipment um, to put whatever label you'd like mm. on your beef. Nice. And then, uh, you know, once we kind of take care of that demand in the area, then we're going to be buying some cattle. Sure. And our experience, you know, with the restaurants that we work with is, is you know, so far it's it's a it's a quality based demand. I mean, these are the guys that are looking for, you know, that high choice and prime type beef. And so our thought is to, you know, we want to. I, I know what it's like to, to raise that beef and I know the extra effort you have to go to, um, you know, to get that done consistently. And so, um, we'd like to set up basically a, a grid system. So if we buy some cattle from you and those cattle grade, well, then we're going to put you a premium for it. Mm. And, and I hope you bring us some more next time too, you know? And so awesome. that's, uh, that's kind of what we're looking at doing, um, as far as, you know, how we'd fill out that schedule. Mm. Very exciting, Troy. That's uh, and I'd just be curious uh, your history there on the you know with with raising cattle and the family there around Falkton. How how far back does your connection go, Troy? Yeah, the, the Hadricks moved in in 1910 here in Default County, um, wow. so we've been around for a little while and uh, pretty much been out here west of Falkton that whole time. So and okay. um, my mom's side of the family they. They came about that same time and kind of settled towards the eastern side of the county. And so we've still got some pasture over there. That's some family land that we run on. But, um, nice. you know, we kind of joke that we come from a biracial family because my mom's folks had, or my mom's family had Herefords and we had Angus. And so we, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we were able to, you know, I guess, luckily my mom and dad were able to work through those differences, I guess. And so, um, but yeah, you know, it's exciting. And I, and I think about that evolution you know, and, and, you know, just, well, you know, how my dad and my uncle, you know, they grew the, the place into what it is and the changes they made. And I think it's just that same evolution we're trying to stay on sure. um, is, you know, not sitting still. And, and when we see a problem, let's try and make a solution to it. I just, I, it's a pet peeve of mine to, to kind of sit around and complain and uh, it's easy yeah. to complain. Um, and it's easy to, 
get mad and want somebody else to fix it for you and uh, or want the government to fix it for you and i just i, I don't have time for that I, I feel like our time and energy is better spent uh working on our own solutions and so wow. that's kind of what we did to try and come up with this wow, very well said troy i think uh so much truth there that will resonate to all our listeners uh it's uh, and, and frankly, that was kind of what intrigued me about this. It's like, you know, that we all there's snafus in front of all of us in the last two and a half years have interjected some major new new snafus in egg business and supply chains. And like you said, easy to sit back and complain. The hard thing to do is to put your noggin to work and figure out what you can do. And I love this little tidbit, Troy. I was doing some research on Falkton, by the way. Uh, and fair to say it's population seven or eight hundred ish. Yep. Yep. That's right on the mark. Yep. Okay. Well, on the Falkton Area Economic Development website, there is a quote and it said, we believe in possible. And it just struck me that that's, that's kind of what you guys are going for here. What, what can we do to make this better? Yeah. You know, I, we're very blessed to live in this community. Um, I think our community for whatever reason has always been, pretty progressive, pretty forward thinking. Um, you know, we, a few years ago, we had the opportunity to, to paint an, uh, grain, a mural on our grain elevator. And, you know, it was just kind of one of the things that sort of all of a sudden kind of fell into our lap and it was like, Hey, we could probably get this done. And, and, you know, there wasn't anybody in the community that said, you know what, that's, that's kind of dumb or that's weird or mm -hmm. nah, let's not worry about that. It was like, yeah, let's do it. You go, know, go and it. all of a sudden now we have a we have a mural painted on our grain elevator on three sides of it. It's 110 feet tall, and and uh, it's the third largest art project in the history of South Dakota behind Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse. Wow! And so you know, I mean, it and there's just this tremendous entrepreneurial spirit in this community. I mean, there's new businesses that continue to open, and it's there's this um, this really neat. Um, I guess draw for, for kids that grow up here and, and, you know, move away and maybe get married and, and do some, you know, have a job. And then there's just a lot of us that, you know, kind of feel drawn to come back to this community and mm -hmm. say, you know what, this is kind of where we want to raise our family. And, and, um, so there's a lot of history here, a lot of family history for a lot of us. And, um, and now we've got some, you know, new folks that are seeing this and moving to town that didn't have connections to Falkton in the past that, I think kind of, you know, see that motto and, and feel that spirit in the community. And, and so we're, we're very blessed by that. And we, we talk about that motto a lot, actually. And, um, and I think it's something that, uh, you know, kind of when that ball gets rolling now, it's like, okay, what do we do next? You know, there's no, there's no stand around. It's like, well, we painted the elevator. Well, what are we going to do now? And, I love um, That's awesome. and in that meantime, we've, we've built an industrial park in town and we built a little housing development town and mm. you know if it hadn't been for the economic development board you know kind of stepping out and, and taking a risk of you know who, who builds an industrial park in a town of 700 people yeah. um well now we got a brand new hardware store that's built out there that just opened up and mm. and hopefully soon we'll have north prairie butchery that's opened up out there and and uh, if those spots weren't available, it would have been a lot harder to do. So wow. we're, uh, we, we really uh, we enjoy where we live, to say the least. Well, that is fantastic, Troy. And, again, uh, I'm a small-town rural boy. And, uh, I mean, uh, you know, that's just that's awesome what you guys are doing there collectively. And uh, one of the angles on this project that I was 
really curious about. I mean, I would imagine you're looking at creating some some significant jobs there at, at North Prairie Butchery. Can you speak to what could be possible there down the road? Yeah, you know, that's the first question that comes up is like, uh, yeah, where are you going to find all those people? Because yeah. <laughs> we, we all know labor is a challenge, and it is. And there's no, you know, there's no denying that, and there's no silver bullet to fixing it. Um, but but there is some things we think we can do. When we're running at full capacity, we'll have probably 25 people um, on the harvest and fabrication floors. Um, they'll have another five or six in the office. And then we're going to have a retail section to our to our plants as well that we're excited about that um, can even maybe host some events and has a little oh, demonstration right. kitchen in it. And I like that. I like that a lot. That's I was, yeah. Before we started the interview, I was up. Uh, complimenting you try on your website and check it out again folks it's a north prairiebutchery.com very clean look and uh you have a great looking family there uh troy you and your wife uh stacy and um but a retail element to the plant that's a great idea yeah i mean we've we've wanted that from the beginning um just because we you know we like i was mentioning earlier you know here we are on highway 212 and you know, in summertime, there's lots of campers and, and boaters and fishermen going across here, headed out to the Missouri River. And, of course, this time of year, it's lots of blaze orange with the pheasant hunting and, and deer season opening up soon. And so, um, you know, we do have people coming through our area. And there's, um, as you've, you know, look at as when people travel, you know, that's one of the things that, um, you know, people look for is what's that local thing you can right. do. And I... And I kind of equate it back to, you know, you look at the rise in popularity of breweries. Right. Um, you know, everybody likes to try the little craft breweries and whatnot. And, and I, you know, I think the, the, the meat that we can raise and, and the things that, you know, we can do at the smokehouse and, and products we can create, um, and there's no, there's no reason we shouldn't follow that sort of same model. And so, uh-huh. so yeah, we want to make sure and do that. So we're excited to have that. And we've met a lot of chef friends over the years that, um, you know, through different things, especially like through certified Angus beef and, hmm. and we keep in touch with those guys and they are always like, Hey, we want to come visit someday. And now I'm going to have a spot for them to cook, you know, for us. So oh. we're going to, we're going to take advantage of some of those opportunities and say, Hey, you want to, you know, hear the executive chef, uh, you know, from the mm-hmm. steakhouse of the year is going to be in Faulkton and, wow. you know, come out and check it out. And, uh, that's what we're excited to do is really feature this, great tasting beef that we raise in our area. I love it. I think you're going to have some live streaming opportunities there with these uh, well-known chefs coming out uh, on site uh, at North Prairie Butchery. That's just great thinking, Troy. I love it. And on the topic of chefs, uh, again, you guys have been selling direct and then establishing these relationships. Uh, And I know Sioux Falls area has just been growing like crazy, uh, adding businesses and people and, um, and I would imagine, again, you're just playing right into the the truth as I see it. I mean, I'm in Rochester, Minnesota. We got 120,000 people. And I know here when the pandemic hit, people wanted to be connected even more so to where their food was coming from. We've had some good local outfits that are scratching that itch. But uh, can you speak to that, your experience as a, as a producer, the feedback you get from the customer and then through the chefs and the restaurants? Yeah, it's, you know, it's been a really, a, a lot of fun to experience that because, 
You're absolutely right. You know, there was always, you know, this local food movement's been growing for a long time. And I was, you know, I sort of get it. Um, but I was never big on the local food movement just because I kept thinking, I don't have enough local people to serve my local food to, right? Sure. Like we, so we can't get hung up on, well, you know, this has to all be grown and raised and served within five miles. Cause that's just not realistic. Yep. There's, there's great places to raise cattle in this country and there's places where people live and they don't always match up together. So yep. let's not get hung up on that. But I think what the pandemic showed was, you know, we've probably got too many eggs and too few baskets right now. Mm-hmm. And every time there's a hiccup in the system, you know, there's just no redundancy. We can't survive those hiccups very easily. And the shock waves that go through the system are felt for, you know, months, um, if not longer when you run into something like COVID. So, so what do we do about that? You know, and I think that's when people, you know, uh, as us as producers, like how do we avoid that situation in the future? And then you had a lot of consumers saying, you know, why is our, you know, why is our food coming in from so far away? Why is a, a packing plant fired? Kansas affecting my ability to buy beef in a grocery store in South Dakota. And so, you know, those are all the things that people were noodling on as, as COVID sort of made things worse. And, and, um, but yeah, so now there's this, this real itch to be like, okay, what can we do to avoid that in the future and how do we work together? And, and I think that's, what's been fun. And so, I mean, it's fun now because I, I, you know, I, talk to the chefs a lot and i mean they send me pictures when they make a new dish and some new mm. creation and it's got our beef featured in there and and uh, i mean i just i just smile you know when i see that and then pretty soon you know i get a text message from somebody that's eating at the restaurant they send me a picture of the menu it's got our name in it you know and there's like awesome. oh I'm, I'm eating your beef tonight and so yeah. it's you know it's it's fun because people relate to that right they like do. the the restaurant's excited because people are coming in because they're like, Hey, we're going to try some South Dakota beef. And, and there's just like, you can just sort of feel like this circle is getting filled in more and more all the time. And, and I think that really drives the the chefs and the restaurant owners to like, you know, what can we do better? You know, what can we, you know, once you kind of, you want to always like be upping your game. Mm-hmm. And so it pushes them to do more and do better. And it pushes us to like, you know, we're going to put our name on every cut of beef. We can't hide behind anything, right? right. It's not just going into a, these cardboard boxes and disappearing. And so we got to make sure we're doing our job right to so that eating experience is always good. Right. And um, so those are those are all the things that are exciting and scary and, <laughs> and difficult and and uh, all at the same time. But it's uh, you know, it's to me, it's 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 extremely rewarding mm. and. I think for our kids, it was interesting. Our kids are, I've got one that's a sophomore at SDSU and then I got two girls that are in high school still at home. And, and we've taken them to, we pulled the kids out of school um, when we delivered the first batch of beef to the restaurant. Cause I said, awesome. you know what, you need to see this. This could be kind of game changer for us. And, and for the first time, my kids have grown up and you know, the month of June, all we do is breed cows. And it's like, man, how come everybody else turns out a bull and, Yep. And we you know we're, <laughs> all we do is work cows the whole month of June and breeding yep. them and all that extra work. And it, it was like the day we dropped that beef off at, a, at the restaurant, like the light bulb clicked for mm. them. And they're like, oh, this is why we do this. Wow. And I thought, you know, as we're looking at uh, them being the sixth generation in our family um, to be in farming and ranching, um, I'm, that was exciting for me because it was kind of like now they see this 
exciting new path. Um, we're not just going to do the same old thing all the time, and, and they shouldn't be afraid of doing new things. Wow. That, hey, that, that's all just beautiful, powerful truths there. Sure, I love it. I love that you took the kids out of school to, to see that. And, you know, it's interesting. I've been, uh, and again, I didn't train for anything on my end in terms of media, but uh, posting every day on social media now since the first week of August of 2009, obviously in the machinery end mostly, but I think, you know what the biggest area of social media content, you know what it is focused on? Food. Food. Absolutely. It's food. Yeah. <laughs> Our two daughters are 31 and 29. They One lives in Pennsylvania, one in Cincinnati. Great lives, great careers and stuff. But I try to try to stay plugged into their generation back down. And uh, yeah, people, I mean, I, you're on a great, powerful path there, Troy, and I'm just excited for what you have coming. I'm just curious now, when you heard that you received the grant, gosh, that must have been, walk me through that day or how you heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was interesting. We were, uh, I was actually kind of got a call in the middle of the day, and, and we had a, I was in the house getting cleaned up because we had to actually head to Sioux Falls. We were actually going to deliver some beef. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm changing clothes and, threw the phone on the bed and all of a sudden I, I of course had my phone on vibrate and I kind of happened to look over and I so oh, shoot I'm missing a call and so I hurried up and answered it and and uh yeah this guy from rural development office said hey wonder if we could visit with you about the grant and I was like uh yeah that'd be great and mm -hmm. and he's like okay well we got to get a lady on from Washington DC and he's like can we kind of call you back in about 15 minutes and I said yep and so we were, you know, they were like, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is going to happen. And, uh, yeah, we get on, they call us back and, and they told us that we've been awarded the grant. And I mean, mm -hmm. I just, you can't believe that feeling. Cause it was like, <laughs> I mean, this is a huge project. I mean, we're talking wow. all total about a $13 million project that mm -hmm. we're putting together here. And so okay. this is no little small feat and it's a lot of moving parts and, and, you know, I know how to raise cattle, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other things I've had to learn along the way to, to plan and prepare for this. Oh. And, and, but I think just to know, all, you know, at this point we've gotten, you know, a good 14 months of work into this and to, to have that be awarded to us and, and out of such a big applicant pool. And I mean, I think it just, it was really nice to have that, uh, I guess that little confidence boost given to us that said, you know, we've, we've looked at a lot of these ideas and, you know, yours is one of the best ones in the, in the whole country that we've seen. And it was like, okay, that's where, you know, we feel like we're taking kind of a big risk and this is a pretty big step out for, you know, our business and, and maybe what the future of our ranch is. And, um, but we had a lot of folks that said, you know what, I think you're doing this right. And, and we want to, you know, we want to help you. And that was, uh, that was pretty overwhelming um, just after putting that much time and effort into it to get that call. So it was, uh, it was a pretty exciting day. The, the mm. worst part was that uh, they, uh, we had to sign some paperwork right away, obviously, but we couldn't tell anybody because we're the secretary of agriculture was going to make a big announcement oh. with all the winners. And so oh, sure. we had to sit on that information for about a week and a half. <laughs> and so that was, uh, that was kind of a long week and a yeah. half as we were, biting wow. our tongues but wow. uh gave us a little bit of time to, to think about hey what's next and and what do we need to do to prepare for the announcement right. and so wow. um it was all good that's a super exciting 
Troy. And now you said $13 million project. So, I mean, the grant 2.2, boy, I, I mean, I, it must just be, like you say, a lot of partners, a lot of angles to this. But on the, on the financial side, I mean, everything is queuing up in place there for that, for that money, or do you have, are you looking for, you're looking for partners as we speak or how are you sitting there? Yeah. So we're, yeah, the grant is, is obviously was a big step for us. We've got a couple of private lenders um, that we're having discussions with. We're working with the South Dakota governor's office of economic sure. development and, and uh, they're helping us with some programs and, and, uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, we're, what we're encouraging producers to do now, you know, if this is something that they're halfway interested in, just even as far as, you know, what, what happened when the plant is built, um, we're really encouraging folks to give us a call. Um, our information is on the, on the website there at northprairiebutchery.com. Um, because we, we, you know, the cattle thing, it takes a while, right? Like we don't just snap our fingers and we got fat cattle ready to go to market here. So, right we're really wanting to have lots of conversations with producers as we move forward and say, you know, here's what we can do. Here's the different ways that you could be involved or possibly use our services. And so um, we'll give those guys some time too to start thinking about what they might want to do. And I mean, we've already had several conversations with folks who are like, same story as ours. I mean, just almost word for word, you know, we're doing a handful a year, trying to do a few a month and, and you know feel like we got some more demand for our beef but we we just can't get them harvested and packaged and shipped and so um so yeah i would really encourage folks to you know to to get a hold of us and and let's have a conversation um now and we can talk about you know how this all kind of fits together with everybody as we start to build oh, i love it i love it trying again folks the website north prairie butchery.com you can find them on facebook and i know i connected with Troy on Twitter too. Um, this one, one last question, Troy. Now, um, again, the, uh, you're, you'll be processing beef, pork, and bison. I'm, all, I'm just always intrigued by the bison angle. And I know South Dakota obviously is kind of a leader out there, but is that market, is it growing much or uh, what's the latest on the bison? Angle. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I can speak to the bison market overall as much, but here's what I do know. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, we've got a, a handful of herds locally to us here that have, you know, families that have done it for generations and, and you know, further out across the state, a lot more herds. And, and uh, you know, that's something as, as people, like you say, I mean, South Dakota is kind of uh, known for their buffalo herd. I mean, Scotty Phillips saved that, uh, you know, was the guy that kind of saved those last wild buffalo and started raising them. And, and with the buffalo roundup out in Custer State Park every year, and, you know, I've got a good friend out there that manages that herd. And it was just one of those things that to us, it made sense to be able to offer that. Sure. And uh, I know those guys come, sometimes struggle to find places to get those harvested. And and uh, it, it just wasn't uh, wasn't going to be too much on the on a new construction to be able to add that component, and so uh, just made a lot of sense for us to do it. And so, um, so we're looking forward to that. I mean, they, they're they're a neat creature. I've you know I had the the pleasure to get to work with them some over the years, different times, and and uh, you know you can throw out a lot of what you know about cattle when it comes to working buffalo, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a pretty cool experience, and so we want to just. Uh, it's a part of our area and our culture and our, and our history. And we just want to be able to, you know, continue to build on that. So. Well, that is fantastic. And uh, Troy, again, thank you. 
so much for taking time. You have so much going on there with your, your operation. And again, what you're building there with North Prairie Butchery to, uh, you know, help solve this uh, processing capacity issue in Falkton, South Dakota. Just outstanding work. On behalf of egg folks all over, we, we tip our hat to you guys and wish you the best. And uh, again, thank you for the conversation today. You bet. All right. Thank you. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, big thank you to Troy for taking the time to tell us the story of uh, North Prairie Butchery and uh, in little Falkton, South Dakota there, northeast, north central South Dakota. Um, there's a lot of dynamic stuff happening in rural America, and I was so happy I was able to catch this uh, developing story, building this uh, processing plant. Uh, construction slated to start spring of 23. Hopefully the plant will begin processing spring of 24 with capacity up to 25 head a day. And again, uh, solving uh, the issue of, uh, you know, meat and poultry processing capacity. Um, and I just love how Troy's approaching it. Um, you know, the pandemic, and there again, it's, it's hard to believe that started, it was, I guess, over two and a half years ago now, but uh, it, it affected things in so many ways, uh, parts of our economy, the world economy, uh, definitely our world of agriculture. I remember uh, specifically in machine repeat world, within a week of the shutdown, uh, seeing the pivot that was taking place uh, and sort of the same same thing. I mean, on the auction industry, it was like, oh my gosh, we can't have a physical sale. What are we going to do? Well, rural people figure stuff out. And it's not a straight line always, but they roll up their sleeves and they get after it. And that's what makes this country work. People like Troy Hadrick doing what they're doing. So hats off to Troy. And again, folks, please go check out their website, northprairiebutchery.com. You, uh, you can find them on Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, we're all cheering you on, Troy, as you uh, build out the plant. Ed, had great jobs there in Falkton, South Dakota, help local producers, uh, you know, process their beef, pork, and bison. So, again, thanks for tuning in, folks. And, again, I hope you have a, a blessed Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you again soon.